Welcome, everybody. It's great to see you guys. Uh, my name's Pastor Jeff. I pastor here occasionally, uh, but it's, uh, it's good to see you. Welcome, everybody, online over at Montrose. Great to see you guys as well. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a crazy spring and summer for us. So the, uh, we've had a couple family weddings and a graduation and some travel, uh, so been away a little bit, and uh, thanks for letting us do that. Um, put a lot of, lot of miles on the, uh, the church's private jet. Uh, we call it Delta, and uh, I have, but we, whenever I fly Delta somewhere, uh, I always try to bring the public with me, and I just let them sit back and crochet with me, and we just have a great time and interact with them, so uh, thanks for letting us do that. Good to be home. We have a little bit more uh, work that we're going to do this summer, so uh, out uh, here in the next week or two, uh, leading other churches and pastors, so it's a big, big part of what we do here at Grace, a big part of what I do between our other campuses and actually trying to really encourage and even inspire pastors across the world. And uh, you get to have an influence in that, and we get to have an influence in that, and so we'll be doing that as well. But I love these times because uh, one of the things I like about them is I like that as a church body, we get to hear from like more than like just Jeff all the time. So I love that you get to hear Pastor Joe's heart. I love that you get to hear Pastor Brad's heart, uh, Pastor Todd's heart. Uh, next weekend, uh, Pastor Josiah is gonna speak. And so just kind of like all of our shepherds get to be a part of it and, uh, and uh, are doing that while I'm attending to some of these other responsibilities. But it's, I do miss you when we're gone, most of you. Not all of you, I'll be honest. Uh, but most of you, and it's always really, really good to, to be home. Uh, we're in this series that we call Spiritual Questions We All Ask, and um, we've been talking about this here for the last few weeks. This stuff is, of course, on the website and the podcast and stuff like that. And we've just kind of been kind of going through some of these things that I think are a part of all of our lives, things that we all struggle with, whether you're a Christ follower or you're not yet a Christ follower. Some of these are questions as a Christ follower that are questions of faith, questions of kind of living out our relationship with Jesus. That's easier said than done sometimes. And then if you're not a Christ follower yet, and you're just kind of trying to figure the Jesus thing out, uh, sometimes these are like the hiccups and the hangups, right, that, that we run into. And we've just been trying to wrestle through those a little bit and uh, walk you to Jesus's heart and Jesus's mind on it so that you can have your, your head around it as well. Uh, the question that I want to wrestle with, with it, it, this week is this one, how do I hear from God? How do I hear from God, right? So if I was looking at this and I would say that this is a question that all of us wrestle with, sometimes we're gonna say it, we're gonna say it a bunch of different ways, but if I was gonna like boil it down to that, we, we might say, where is God? We might say, why God? We might, we might ask this a thousand different ways, but ultimately we were kind of asking like, what is God's desire? What is his will and where do I find that? And how does that play out in my life and the big picture of things like on the planet and in the culture all the way down into like what would God have me to do? What, what school should I go to? Should I take the next job? Like all of that is tied into how do I hear from God? So it's a huge question for those of us who are Christ followers and I wanna try to help you get your head around that a little bit. And when you think about living it out and, and uh, understanding Jesus' teaching and his purpose for your life, I think it's actually a huge question if you're not a, fo a Jesus follower yet, uh, because I think these are some of the, the hang-up issues, right? Because we, we all long for help. Like, wouldn't it be nice if we could ask a kind of a big question and get a real answer to it? 
Um, everybody wants God on their side. Like there's very, very, I know that there's people who say they don't believe in God and I'm, I'm not sure that's even true, but nobody really wants, if there is a God, nobody really wants him against them. Like we would always kind of want God on our side, so to say. And I think almost everyone wants to believe that there's something bigger, right? There's something bigger that, than like the grind. There's something bigger than like, the material things or something bigger than like the next day. And so that's kind of how this question fleshes out in those settings. It's like, how do I hear from God and how do I know if he's kind of interacting with me a little bit? So I want to tackle that some. How, how do we hear from him? How do we know it's him? How do we respond to him? And, and I'm going to do something uh, for you this weekend that's a little bit uh, unique. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to answer this question. It's actually a very simple answer with very profound ramifications, right? So I'm going to answer this question. So I'm going to give you the three main ways that we hear from God. It's pretty easy peasy. It's not that, they're not that mysterious, but like they're profound. So I'm going to give you those answers and then I'm going to get to the real issue. So we're going to, we're going to have a conversation and I'm going to walk you through that, try to help you with some of this a little bit. And then we're going to have the real conversation, like what we're actually talking about and where we actually struggle with things, okay? And so we'll walk this through a little bit. So how do I hear from God? There's three main ways that you hear from God that the scripture would point out to us and uh, places that you would start when you're trying to under, understand God and hear his voice. So the first one is this, how do I hear from God? I'm gonna hear from God from the Bible. I'm gonna hear from God from the Bible. And so we believe, Christians believe that the Bible is the words of God. So we believe that God gave us the Bible. We call that inspiration, like God caused it to be written, caused it to be addressed, work through human beings to record the parts of his heart and the parts of his mind that help him to make sense to us. So like here at Grace Church, that's why we would hold the Bible in such esteem. That's why I only teach you from the Bible. I don't teach you Tolkien or C.S. Lewis or like Jeff's opinions about things. I'm gonna try to teach you from the Bible every week and we're gonna want you to kind of make the Bible a center part of your life because we would say, if you want to hear from God, if you wanna hear his heart, if you wanna hear his mind, you would go to the Bible to find those things. And this is what the, the writer Timothy, or the, the apostle Paul says to Timothy about this, about the Bible. He says, so the scripture, or the Bible, is inspired by God it is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work, right? So this is what I would say. If you wanna hear from God, if you're looking for God's will in your life, if you're looking for answers about God, if you're looking to interact with God, I would encourage you to never do that void of the Bible. I would encourage you to never just go like on a spiritual quest that the Bible isn't the center point of. I would encourage you to not go look for spiritual answers unless you're looking deep into the scriptures for those answers. And what the Bible says is that God uses this, these writings, these words of God, and what he does through that is he reveals to us his heart and his mind. If you wanna know what God is like, he would kind of make that clear through the Bible. If you wanna know what God is thinking, he would make that clear like through the Bible. If you were looking for a record of how God interacts with humanity, 
you would find that through the whole of the Bible. If you were looking for wisdom from God, you would find that rooted in the Bible, okay? So if you're a Christ follower, the way that you know about Jesus and you know about his story, we call it the gospel, the way that you would know about the story of Jesus or the gospel and how the gospel penetrates every area of our lives, you would know that through the Bible. And as you interact with God and you know his mind more and more, you know his heart more and more, and that would that information and that revelation of his personality, so to say, would originate from the Bible. So that means this. That means if you wanna grow spiritually, the Bible needs to become more and more a part of your life. That means if you wanna align yourself with the heart and mind of God, the purpose of God, you would want to search the Bible more and more. If you wanted to know God's heart, if you wanted to be transformed or changed to be more like Jesus, you would start that search and start that process, so to say, by looking into God's word. Now there was a survey a few years ago and they were surveying, asking people, how do you grow spiritually? What, what are the things that cause you to grow spiritually? Is it prayer? Is it going to church? Is it small groups? Is it you know Christian friendships? All those kind of things. And all that kind of stuff is a big part of it and definitely affects whether you grow spiritually or not. But they boiled down the survey. They, did, they surveyed actually hundreds of thousands of people and they boiled it down to a common denominator. And this is what they said. They said the number one catalyst for somebody to grow spiritually is to interact with the Bible on a regular basis. So when you're looking to hear from God, when you're like, I wish God would speak to me, God's like, kind of have already. <laughs> like, I wish I could know God's will. He's like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of direction for that in here. I wish God would speak to me individually. And I would say he does that starting with the Bible through his Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the, the Bible is, is central to so much of it. So you're not gonna hear from God. You're not gonna hear from God. You're gonna hear from voices that, be, that claim to be God-like. They're gonna sound like inspiration and TikTok videos and those kind of things. But if you really wanna know the heart and the mind of God, the, the, the word of God, the Bible, has to be a central and a prevalent part of your walk in, in your spiritual journey, okay? So the Bible, the Bible is the first place that I start to, to hear from God. And the more that I interact with the Bible, the more clearly I'm gonna know God's voice, so to say, or his will and his purpose for my life. So that's the first one, right? Here's the second one. The second thing that the Bible would say, if we wanna hear from God, we're gonna look to the Bible itself. And then the scripture would say this, the second place I hear from God is actually the church, the church. And when I say the church, I don't mean 754 Gent Road here at Grace Church. What I, what I mean is this, I defined it a little bit. The church that I'm talking about is the spiritual entity created by Jesus that serves as the physical presence of Jesus to proclaim Jesus's truth and to do his work. So the Bible says that the church is it's not a building, it's not even in a, a people that are like in general agreement with each other, like I'm a Christian, it's not these big broad categories. 
The church is a spiritual entity. It's a group of people that God calls out to himself who have committed to hear and to know the heart and mind of God. And a real church is always gonna center that around the Bible. And so as we learn God's word and as we understand God's word and we weave it into our personal lives, what the church does is we help each other grow. We help each other know the will and the direction of God and it causes us to hear from God together. And as that group of people pursue Jesus, as that group of people kind of come under and allow themselves to be led by spiritual leaders, and that group of people kind of collectively speaks into each other's lives, I as an individual then start to understand what God is saying to me. And that's actually the purpose of the church. This is what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians. He says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So when God thinks of the church, when Jesus thinks of the church, he doesn't, he doesn't think of it as a not-for-profit organization that gets together and just supports good causes. He would think of the church as a place that displays his wisdom and conveys his wisdom and illustrates his wisdom and speaks his mind and heart to each other and then displays it to the world around us, right? And so that's part of how we hear from God. Part of how I know what God has to say is I'm gonna sit under teaching of the Bible. Uh, part of how I find direction in my life is I'm going to ask spiritual leaders that I trust and know who love Jesus what they think about my decisions and the direction I'm going. What, part of how I receive correction or I receive direction is I receive that from other people and entities within the church, right? And that's a huge part of how I know what God is asking me to do or I find the direction that God would want me to take. I have a, a mentor in my life, his name's Bob Combs. Uh, I've known him for 30 years. He was the senior pastor of Grace Church uh, before I was. So I kind of took over the church for him a bunch of years ago. And Bob still speaks wisdom in my life. Even as he's older, he's not gonna necessarily know the cutting edge of something. Every time his cell phone goes off, it kind of startles him a little bit. Uh, he's not gonna know technology. He's not gonna know some of the things that I might know because I'm kind of in the middle of leading things. But when I'm trying to figure out God's heart, when I'm trying to figure out a, a, a relationship with somebody, when I'm trying to lead somebody and love them well, I'm going to go and talk to Bob because he's a part of the church. He's a spiritual leader, what the Bible called an elder within the church. And as he gives me wisdom, and that wisdom aligns and kind of comes alive through scripture because he's gonna give me biblical wisdom, that's part of how I'm gonna know that God is speaking to me. He may affirm something, he may redirect something. Pastor Bob may affirm it or redirect it. And that's how, part of how I know how God is moving me and speaking to me, right? Now, there's nothing like weird about that. There's nothing mystical about that. Uh, 
Spiritual leadership is never a power kick. It's never a control. If, if a spiritual leader is trying to control you or manipulate you or get your money, they're a false teacher. But when you have someone that you trust and you love and you know they love you and you've seen the evidence of their passionate pursuit of Jesus and you know that they are reliant upon God's word, that person is a gift to you and is part of how God speaks to us and helps us to know what he would want us to do and how to interact with him, right? So the word of God, the Bible, main way that we hear, the people of God, the church, and then the third way that we hear from God is through his Holy Spirit. So who's the Holy Spirit? So I just define this, because I know some of us, a bunch of us are super new to this Jesus following thing. I know sometimes you're like, Jeff, you talk about God, and you talk about Jesus, you talk about the Holy Spirit. Who are we talking about? Well, right now we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And who is he and what's he like? This is who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is sent to us as a helper, giving comfort, conviction, and boldness as he empowers us to live in love like Jesus. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, when we say God lives in my heart, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And so what the Bible says is this, is the Bible says the minute that I accept the forgiveness of my sin through Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes and he lives within me. And he does a bunch of things. One thing is he, he guarantees my place in heaven. The Bible says he's a deposit guaranteeing my place in heaven and he's a non-refundable deposit. So the Holy Spirit. He also says that the Holy Spirit, what he does in, in big part for me is he comforts me, he convicts me, and he compels me. Now this is not mystical. This is not us walking around being like, bro, the Holy Spirit, man. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know what you were smoking, but I don't think that's what you needed to do, the Holy Spirit. It, it's not weird, right? It's not this big weird interaction that you had and somehow you had a, uh, some kind of a shaking fit and you received the Holy Spirit, but it is spiritual. And if you are, if you are not a Christ follower yet, the main thing that the Holy Spirit is doing for you is he is inviting you to follow Jesus. So as you start to realize, like maybe I'm, I am a bit of a sinner and I'm not the good person that I thought I could be, or maybe you start to feel convicted, or maybe you start to sense that you're missing something in your life, that, if you're not a Christ follower yet, that's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he draws us to Christ through his, through his kindness. If you are a Christ follower, what the Holy Spirit does is he does three, three things I'm gonna talk about here this weekend. We could talk about the Holy Spirit for like months, but just on a high, high level, he does three things. One is he is a comforter. So if you have or if you have ever had someone that you love go through a tragic loss and you would look at them and say, I don't know how they're doing it. It's like they have a peace that surpasses understanding. What you're seeing in that moment is you're seeing the Holy Spirit working in somebody's life. The presence of God, the Spirit, working in their life. He comforts. The other thing that the Holy Spirit does for the Christ follower is he convicts us of sin. 
So when I become a Christ follower, the Bible's clear that I am, I am, I am forgiven of sin, but I will also struggle with sin. The reason that a Christian wants to rid themselves of sin is not so they can earn their way to heaven, it's so that they're not a distraction from Jesus on earth. And the Holy Spirit helps me to do that. So as a Christ follower, if you've ever been convicted of a sin, if you've ever done something and you're like, I feel guilt, I feel conviction, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit helping you to address something that's hurting you and confounding your testimony with other people. If you've ever felt convicted about a broken relationship, I had this happen to me just a couple months ago. A friend, dear friend that I love, he and I kind of got sideways on something that we just disagreed with. We didn't have like this big fight, but we just knew that we disagreed with each other and we just kind of quit talking about it. And when we quit talking about it, we kind of quit talking to each other. And one day I was in my office and I was praying, trying to get ready to teach. I'm like, oh, my heart is not in a good spot because I'm gonna teach knowing I have a broken relationship. That's not cool. That is the Holy Spirit convicting me. Jeff, you got this broken relationship. You know it and you haven't done anything about it. So the Holy Spirit convicted me about that. I reached out to my friend. I said, hey man, like we both know like we're not cool. My friend also loves Jesus. He's like, yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. There's a great ending to the story. We got together, right, at Wally Waffle, the place where all relationships are healed. Uh, we, we, got to, we got together. We talked for a couple hours. We walked away from there saying, you know, we don't agree with each other about this thing, but we love each other. And I trust that you love Jesus, and you know that I love Jesus, and I love you a ton so let's not, have a, let's not have a breakdown in our relationship. Let's just realize that we have to agree to disagree on something. That process of like, this is kind of driving me nuts, that's the Holy Spirit convicting me. Because that relation, a broken relationship's not good for me, it's not good for my testimony, it's not good for the unity of the body of Christ. So the Holy Spirit. When you are a Christ follower, you have a secret and that secret keeps you up, and that secret kind of makes you a little bit sick to your stomach, and that secret, that's the Holy Spirit, not condemning you, convicting you, right? The third thing the Holy Spirit does, and like I said, we could talk about this forever, so don't send me the email about it, I didn't cover it all, because I know, right? The third thing the Holy Spirit does is it compels us, he compels us, so this is called being led by the Spirit. There are times that the teachings of Jesus that we find through the Bible, the Holy Spirit is gonna ask us to live that out in a way that's unique to us. Not something that applies to everybody all the time, but a way that's unique to us. I'll give you an example of this. About a year ago, we stood up here with our friends Ben and Tanya Falkenberg. And Ben and Tanya, had careers, they had family, they had a house, they lived in Wadsworth. Like they were all set for life, like kicking it up, right? Ben and Tanya started to feel led by the Holy Spirit to put away their North American life and to go to the mission field at Mazalan, Mexico. That is not something everybody's led to do. 
That is not something that everybody in North America is supposed to move out of North America and go somewhere else with the gospel. But that is something that Ben and Tanya felt led to do. They found that leading through their interaction in the Bible. A passage of scripture would have jumped out to them about missions work, so to say. And they'd be like, I think God wants us to do that. Then what they did is they went to the church. They talked to their small group leader. They talked to the elders. They talked to the pastors. And they were like, what do you think? Do you think we're crazy? Or do you think maybe this is something God is calling us to do? They went through that whole process and they're now down full time in Mazatlan, Mexico, serving as missionaries. That doesn't mean you have to do it, but it means they had to do it. So God speaks to us through the leading of his spirit. I've been, I've been led to go talk to somebody and share my faith. Maybe you've done that too. I've been convicted about, you know, I don't really know our neighbors that well. I need to walk over and say hi to them. I've been led to give money to people. I've been met, led to take on responsibilities. And I'm gonna, that leading a bunch of the time is gonna start by my time in God's word. And when I'm reading God's word, certain parts of the Bible are gonna jump out to me in a certain way because God is speaking through his word. I'm then gonna go to the church and I'm gonna say to the elders of our church, hey, what do you guys think about starting 30 campuses in 30 years? Uh, what do you guys think about like doubling our sports ministry and building a really big gym? Right? I don't think every church needs to do that. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's the way to do ministry. That's the unique ways. So God's gonna be like that with you. Hey, what do you think about Starting a small group. What do, you, what do you think about going and visiting aunt so-and-so? What, what do you think about getting behind that kid who's going into to ministry? Uh, what do you think about, maybe we should take this other job. There, there's a whole new idea there. I was talking to a friend today who just took another big job. He's like, yeah, I see this whole new opportunity there. And it just seemed like God opened up these doors. And, we, and that's hearing from God. That's hearing from God, Right? And it's, go, it's gonna be around the word of God. It's gonna involve the people of God. And then it's going to often be activated or pushed or compelled by the spirit of God, okay? The Holy Spirit will never lead you outside the Bible. So there's, the Holy Spirit's never gonna lead you to you know, raise money for the private jet. That's not the spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is always to be at the center of the church, so the Holy Spirit functions in you and then we function together. It's how the Holy Spirit works. And the Holy Spirit's leading is always gonna be confirmed by wise counsel. If I went to our elders and I said, hey, I really feel like God is leading me to take over the music ministry of Grace Church. They're gonna look at me and say, Jeff, that is not the Spirit of God. You've got a demon. I, I don't know what happened, but that, right? So it's always gonna be affirmed by wise counsel. And then this is what's cool. As a church, then, we do this a lot at Grace. We're gonna look for the Holy Spirit to unify the body. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel led to do something and then I'm gonna stand up in front of you and say, hey, you guys wanna start 30 churches? And you will, as we interact, you'll agree or disagree with that. 
hey, you guys want to, you guys want to really work down on our sports ministry and like it's going to take a building, you want to do it? And you're going to agree or disagree. And there's a unity that then comes as God works individually. Is that how that works? So it's everything from like, should I take the next job? Should I ask the girl out? That's, that's iffy on the Holy Spirit. Like, it, should I, like, what should I do? All the way to like, God's convicting me of a sin all the way through like the big stuff that we would do corporately as a church, the word of God, the church of God, the spirit of God are kind of the main ways that we hear from God as he directs us and defines us, okay? So there you go, the church, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the Bible, the church, and the spirit of God, that, those are, those are the, the three ways. And this is what God would have us to do. This is why Paul said this. He said, since we're living by the spirit, Let's follow the Spirit's leading in every aspect of our lives, right? We're gonna, we're gonna put that into every part of our lives. That's, that's the three. Okay. So how do you hear from God? The Bible, the church, the Holy Spirit. Now, you wanna have the real conversation? <laughs> All right, let's have the real conversation. The real conversation is this. Um, I love you, right? You remember that? Even though I haven't been here for a while, everybody remember I love you? Here you go. The real conversation is this. Can, we just need to be honest. I, I just don't like talking around things. So let's just be honest. If we're honest, the issue that most of us are struggling with is not how to hear from God. If we're being honest, the issue that most of us struggle with is we don't want to hear what God has to say. And that's what we struggle with. It's not that, God is not this mystery that we want to make him out to be. There's parts of him that are mysterious, but he, ha, he has told us so much about himself. His people, the church, have been around since the day of Pentecost. So we're, we're not like the first church trying to figure stuff out. Like we have other people that we can get help with on this. Hearing from God is not, the mysterious hard thing, hearing what God actually has to say to us is the hard part. And that's what we struggle with. I'm just being honest with you. Years ago, I used to say this all the time. I used to say, people don't come to church to find God, they come to church because they have problems. And if we could offer them real answers to their problems that come from the gospel or the story of Jesus, it's life changing. About five years ago, I amended that statement. And I would say this now, ready? I love you, raise your hand if you know that I love you. Okay, all right, here we go, right? Security, be on alert. Here we go. People don't come to church to find God, ready? Today, people tend to come to church to be agreed with. And if the Bible or the church or the Holy Spirit disagree with you, you out. It's not the mystery of hearing what God has to say. It's, it's written down and we rarely get past like level one, a basic reading of the Bible. It's that when I hear what God has to say, I don't want to hear it. 
And so at a, at a maximum, I reject it and reject God and his church. At a minimum, I'll pretend like that's not what it actually says. And then I'll pretend it's this deep mystery when it's not. It's just my way of not having to deal with the blatant things that God said out loud. So the great temptation is that we don't go to God's word to find God and to hear from God. We don't gather with God's people, his church, to hear God and, and to find out what God has to say. We're not looking for the Holy Spirit to lead us in a direction that we don't wanna go. We want God's word to affirm what we think and what we feel and what we identify. We want the church to affirm what we think and what we feel and what we identify. And we even want the Holy Spirit, we wanna feel good about it. We don't wanna feel conviction about anything. We want the Holy Spirit to affirm what we think, what we feel, and what we identify. Now, here's the, the problem. Here's the problem. The gospel, the story of Jesus, all, all of, not, not, like, not like Christmas, Easter, like all the ramifications of it, the gospel fundamentally disagrees with my humanity. Jesus fundamentally disagrees with our humanity or what the Bible would call our sin nature. He fundamentally disagrees with that. He disagrees with that on such a level that he realized that the only way for us to have salvation is if he intervened so that he could replace our sin nature with his salvation, justification, sanctification, whatever big words you wanna throw on it, if he could replace us with him. So what that means then is this, that as I hear from God, and I hear his word, and I hear from his real church, which is gonna teach you the word of God, and then as I am led by his spirit, most of the time, the word of God, the church of God, and the spirit of God is gonna lead me in a path that directly contradicts me. You're never gonna find in the Bible, be the best version of you. It's not in there. What you're gonna find in the Bible is, you must die to yourself and your will and be replaced by the person of Jesus Christ. You're never gonna find in the Bible, find your truth and live it. It's not, it's not in the book anywhere. What you're gonna find in the book is, you're gonna find Jesus say, I am the truth. Know me, understand me, welcome me, so to say, so that who I am displaces whatever you thought, whatever your opinions were, whatever your culture is, whatever your upbringing is. You're never gonna find in the Bible to find and express your own identity. You're gonna find in the Bible that my identity is lost and always submitted to the authority of who Jesus is and what he says. And that's every part of my identity, from my sexual identity to my political identity. That's why the followers of Jesus 
stand apart regardless of the culture we're in. Japan, Taiwan, South Korea, North America, North Korea. We always stand apart from the culture we're raised in. We always stand apart from the time we were born in. Everybody knows that here in Athens, the way that you think, the Apostle Paul is like, actually Christians don't at all. So the struggle, if we're just being, if we just be honest, I mean, come on. If we just be honest. Because if, if you're a church folk, you filled in those three blanks before I even said anything about them. Hearing from God is not a big deal or a mystery. Being at a church that teaches you the word of God is gonna point you toward the person of God like you're in one. We're not perfect, not claiming to be, but you're in one. The spirit of God is powerful enough to break through all of the noise. But when you look and say, but I wanna give my life to all the financial success I can possibly have. God's gonna give me a blessing. God's gonna prosper me. God's gonna help me. I'm like, read the book. It never says any of that. Well, this guy on TV said it, right, because false teachers from the beginning of time have twisted the word of God to serve themselves. But I'm gonna claim a land or I'm gonna conquer it. No, you're not. Because the Israelites didn't conquer a land. God conquered the land and then they occupied what God conquered. That's got nothing to do with you. What you're gonna find from the scripture is we're gonna find Jesus, the one who we follow, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, that we're gonna be called to lay our lives down, to lay our, to lay our plans down, to lay our prosperity down, to lay our ideas down, to lay our truth down, to lay our culture down, to lay our identity down. We're gonna be called to lay all of that down and to take up who he is. Because the people of God are the physical presence of God on the planet, proclaiming the truth of Jesus and loving like he loved the people around us. I don't think it's hard to know God. I think it's hard to do what he says. The Apostle James says it this way. The same challenge, he says this. He's, guys, he's like, don't listen to God's word, but don't just, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, or we could say the Bible, that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And if we're being honest, being honest, I haven't been here for a little bit, so I can be honest, and I'm leaving next week, so I can really be honest. We don't struggle with finding the mirror. We struggle with what we see in it. And walking away unchanged. 
walking away unchanged. Picking and choosing the parts of God's word, picking and choosing the example of Jesus, picking and making that about ourselves, right? Instead of making it about the one that we follow. Now this is what I love about Jesus. Love this about him. Jesus never like challenges us, pushes us, like leans into us without helping us. So he never puts these impossible standards out there. You should be like this. And we're like, I can't do it. He's like, ah, now you're condemned. He never ever does that. So this is what else the Apostle James says. The Apostle James says, like, guys, stop it. Like, you're looking at it, it's right there. Do it, put it into action. But then he says this, which is really fascinating. He says this. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. When you want to hear from God and God speaks to you, and he speaks to you in a way that is going to cut against your human nature. And you look and say, ah, like how do you do that? You should forgive as you have been forgiven. I don't know, should I forgive my mom? You should forgive as you have been forgiven. I don't know, should I forgive my friend? You should forgive, like this is not hard to pick up on. Looking then and saying, I don't even know where to start. I'm not even sure what to do. Like we've been divorced for years. Right? God says, ask me for wisdom and I will give it to you generously. What's that wisdom gonna look like? It's gonna look like the word of God, the people of God, and the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Be generous in all that you do. I, I believe God for $65 million yet. Well, keep believing. I believe, no, that's selfish. God, mom needs money and we don't have it. How are we gonna support her? God, I, re- I really, I really wanna help my kids get on their feet. But we're living paycheck to paycheck. I'm not sure what to do. God, you've given me a vision to get behind this missions project, whatever. I don't know what to do. All right. Well, let's ask God. Because he's put that on your heart. Let's ask God. Where where are we going to ask him? The word of God, the people of God, the spirit of God. I was raised in dysfunction junction. And I just want to be a good dad. I just want to be a good dad. And I have no example I have nothing to work with. Grandpa wasn't a good dad. Dad wasn't a good dad. I survived my childhood. I want my kids to thrive. What, what do I do, God? I, I, I want, I need wisdom. I see in the book that you want me to be a good dad. I hear Jeff say that 90% of how we interpret God is through our father. I have no idea what to do. Ask our God. He'll give it to you. He'll speak to me, yes. What's it gonna sound like? The word of God, the people of God, the spirit of God. So God is not setting us up for failure when we're being honest. When we pretend like he didn't say it, when we ignore it because we didn't like it, 
when we just check out because he didn't agree. Uh, you're, you're on your own and it's not, it's not gonna go well. But when we humble down and say, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. I don't know what to do. God looks at you and says, I hear you. And I love you. And I'm glad you ask. And I'm gonna tell you, how? The word of God, the people of God, and the spirit of God is how we hear from God, right? All right. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? The band will come out. I just want to ask you a couple questions as they settle in and move the stage around, right? Here's the first one. I'm just being honest with you. Just be honest with God. It's just between you and him. Is there something that God has said to you that you're ignoring? Just be honest about it. There's a part of scripture. There's a, a, a direct thing that you know about. And it, it might look like a sin. It might be the greed or porn or bitterness or whatever, you know. But you know and the Spirit of God is bringing it to your mind right now. Would you confess that? And would you ask God, would you yield to God and give him that place in your life? All right, here's another question. Is there something God is asking you to do and you're scared or just not sure what to do? Like I'm, God, I'm willing to try to resolve things with my ex. I don't know where to start. God, I'm feeling called into ministry. I, I don't know what really to do about it. God, you've convicted me about my greed. I, I just, uh, what, what do I do with the money? And, and the list is endless, but these aren't sins, they're leadings. Have you taken that to God, even though it's scary, even though it's uncertain? Have you talked to a spiritual leader? Have you asked for the help of the Holy Spirit? Okay, last one. Maybe you're listening and you're not a Jesus follower yet. And what God is doing right now is he's drawing you. So it, it's gonna feel like a tug on your heart. It's gonna, it's gonna feel like, uh, like, I don't know, like Jeff made sense. It's gonna feel like a conviction, like I, I have to change my life. It's gonna feel like an invitation. Man, if somebody could help me like that, I'd be, that's God talking to you. And it's not weird, it's not mystical, it's just spiritual. And the Bible says that whenever God talks to you like that, all God wants you to do is respond to him. So what I encourage you to do is to pray. And if God is calling you to acknowledge that Jesus is God, he's Lord, 
and that you need to, you need forgiveness in your life. It's no magic words, it's no secret formula, but from your heart to God's heart. Jesus, I acknowledge that you're God. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Jesus, I wanna follow you, help me understand what that, that looks like. Some prayer like that is the thing that God is drawing you to even now. So Jesus, we do ask for that. Thank you for your word, thank you for your people, and thanks for your spirit. And as you work deeply in our hearts through your spirit even now, would you change us, would you transform us? In these quiet moments, would you lead us closer to you and help us to hear and do and be who you're calling us to?